let you down. I don't wanna let you down. Episode 87 of the Splash Cast, the ATL edition. On Sunday afternoon, I am your co-host, Reggie. I'm your co-host, Norwood. I'm happy to be here. Everybody do me a favor. Check your skull. Make sure it's intact. And while you do that, remember, like, follow, and subscribe. <laughs> Ready to clown, yo. Oh, man. For those that haven't weren't here, we uh, talked about the pregame. There's a lot of violence in sports going around, a lot of beating, uh, a lot of beatings going on. It was uh... a lot of beating, a lot of beating. <laughs> Some people uh... decide right after work that it just it's it's immediately that time for somebody doom, to get doom, beat. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> a lot of kids too, I guess. But uh, with that being said, man, ladies and. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how it is with the ATL edition of our of our podcast that we record. We talk about the Hawks, Braves, Falcons, Dream, um, sometimes Atlanta United, uh, anything Atlanta-based. Uh, we already talked about Joseph Martinez for the Atlanta United, the first star in MLS, in Atlanta United MLS history, uh, being let go, being released, uh, where he, and he ended up signing with Miami. Uh, always wish him well. Gave us our first championship since 1995, man. We appreciate you. Absolutely. So let's get into these Falcons, man. What we got with the Falcons? What we got? What we got? What we got? So we got three things to celebrate. This man get into the you know what time it is. We got three things to talk about today. We're not gonna talk about. We'll get to each one, and we're going to have an in-depth conversation because I just want to piss Baltimore fans off even more. Uh, the first time, hey, man, Falcons team record. So Avery Williams is kind of like an all-purpose person on the Falcons team. He was drafted out of Boise State, uh, was a return man, DB, and running back. Um, and he's played all of that today, all of that this year. But – his biggest impact was, of course, on the on the field during special teams on punt return, where he averaged sixteen point two yards per punt return. And as a matter of fact, he kept us in a lot of games and brought us back in a lot of games, uh, especially here against uh, Cincinnati, where we almost pulled off the comeback until you know Mariota 
But uh, shout out to Avery Williams, man. I, I, we say it all the time. Our front office has done a great job. Terry Fontenot has done a great job over the past two years drafting. Finding guys. And you owe that man an apology because you called him a plant. A plant? Yes. What do you mean? Terry Fontenot, you said, oh, man, this guy from the Saints, he's going to be a plant. I I said it's a possibility. <laughs> I definitely said it's a possibility. I don't put nothing past the Taints. I don't put nothing past him, dog. I don't care. I, I ain't owe no apology. I appreciate I you not being a plant. Because he said, well, no, I, I did say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, ain't, I ain't backing down. Hey, man, thank you for proving to us that you are not a plant. But shout out to Avery, man. Avery is going to be a big part of the future of Atlanta. Um, while we're here, going to deviate a little bit. The NFL, CBS, ESPN released a top rookie classes of the league. Top 10. Of course, the Jets were number one because of Sauce Gardner and Bryce Williams. Bryce Williams, I'm sorry. And and don't they have a receiver? Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall. Jeez, Bryce Hall. And they have Garrett, 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 Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson. But, but the Falcons were nowhere to be found on that list. Nowhere. Mind you, the Falcons got four starters. The Falcons got four starters in that draft. Four. You got Desmond Ritter. I'm convinced. Yes. Drake London. Troy, uh, Troy Anderson. And uh, AK, AK, well, 17. AK-47. The defensive end from Penn State. And yeah, Algier. Ritter, That's Algier. five starters. And Algier. That's five starters. Algier was a thousand yard rusher. Drake London led, I think he was like second in, I think he led rookies with receptions and second in yardage. Yes. So you just have to understand that nobody watches the Falcons. And nobody watches the Hawks. Because if they did, they wouldn't say half the stupid things that they say. <laughs> so congratulations on letting us know that you don't watch. It's fine. That's the reason we have a podcast and we can tell you what's going on. But one thing I can tell you is out of the the recruiting classes that happened in the NFL, we were in the top 10. And when people don't put us in the top 10, it means you're stupid. Not and our thing, problem. That's a you problem. And the thing is, I think eventually, I think next year people are going to look back at this rookie class and say, oh, man, the Falcons have been drafting pretty well for the last three years. And it's like, well, yeah, we told y'all. But y'all didn't. Y'all said that our rookie class wasn't that good till next year when we get Kyle Pitts back and then you have Drake London, Algier, and then we have all this money. You're going to be like, dang, they put together a pretty good roster so fast. Well, it really wasn't that fast. It was over three years. Y'all just haven't been paying attention. No. Uh, Wish we could have had old Calvin Ridley, though. Man. Oh, that well, hurts. He'll be down there in Jacksonville. Uh, which means one of them receivers is about to come off the board for them. Might want to look at that. Uh, with that being said. Ray Christian Kirk. I mean, they got a lot of receivers down there at Jacksonville. They got a lot of them. They got like five. Yeah, Zay we'll Jones, take, Christian. Yeah, we'll take somebody. Swap ain't a swindle. Hey, man. And also, the Falcons have mm. uh, interviewed Brian Flores. We have completed our interview great. with Brian Flores to be our defensive uh, coordinator. Now, he's also being interviewed by, I believe, Minnesota. As well as Not other eight. teams, but 
Hey man. Atlanta or Minnesota, bro. This this would be a good look. Uh this would be a great look actually. And I think he actually has some tutelage under Ben Dan, Dan Pease as well. So it wouldn't be like we have to we've because we drafted players for a Dan Pease run system, a three four rush in type system where we blitz a lot. If you bring in Flores, he's familiar with that philosophy. I am definitely confident in the fact that he could get us to where we need to be, especially with all the capital and draft pet, draft capital we have and money. This would be a great hire. And CP that's a, already that's, said that's that he wants one I would like. You and Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson said Brian Flores. That's what we want, Brian Flores. That would be great. Well, that's, that's one of the things about having the initial CP. You just sometimes are anointed. <laughs> Cordero Patterson? Uh, or Chris yeah. Paul, or is it a curse? Yeah, Chris <laughs> Paul, baby. You said it's a curse. Curse you. Hey, man. Chris <laughs> Paul ain't won no championship. All right. He does. <laughs> Embrace he's the good with the anointed. bad. He's, he's, the, he's the point guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Give us Flores. And let's, let's get to what we're really here for. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to stir le pot and make our resident, one of my best friends, a.k.a. Josh Crenshaw, angry again. Lamar Jackson landing spots. Jets, Patriots, Falcons among 15 potential destinations. Now, the thing about this is they've ranked them. Let me show y'all where the Falcons rank. You see, you see the you see the Giants at ten, the Taints at nine, the Bucks at eight, which is a scary situation mm. because but the Bucks don't have an offensive coordinator. So, but Tom Brady may leave. The Raiders, I don't think that's gonna happen. The Commandos, the Patriots, probably Why not gonna happen. The Panthers, no. The Dolphins is intriguing because. Tua, I don't even know if they've paid him. Have they paid him? I don't think they no, paid Tua no. yet. Paid so, him for what? So you have you can get rid of Tua. I mean, I hate to say that, of course, with everything that he's been through. But I mean, business is business. You already have you have literally everything else. Out of those teams, then there's the Falcons and the Jets. The wild card is the Colts, Lions, Seahawks, Titans, and Vikings. None of them matter to me. No way he goes to Indianapolis. The Lions, they already got Jared Goff, who they just paid a bunch of money. Geno Smith, probably. I can see him going to Seattle, but, I mean, none of those are. The Seahawks are not a step up. They're a lateral. The Titans, should. Uh, I, we're going to have a segment on uh, the Around the League edition where I think that the Titans should actually go after Kyler Murray. Uh, and then the Vikings, eh. I think his best bet would be one of these three teams, the Dolphins, Falcons, or Jets. Because those three teams have ready-made teams already here, all ready to go. You're right. You're right. I, I want to – I think the Bucks and Dolphins have a little bit of a leg up because he's a Florida kid that loves Florida. Yeah. But they have – they have things in motion right now. As far as the Falcons and Jets, they're both settled teams who are just looking for – a final piece to make them competitive. No, the Dolphins too. The Dolphins have offense, defense, everything. All they need is this, either two to stay yeah, healthy but, or Lamar. Can you imagine if Lamar goes yeah, to the I Dolphins? Think this, no, 
I don't have bad <laughs> dreams like that, and I hope not to. That's a nightmare. The um, thing is, the money though, because they paid. They already paid Tyreek and uh, and what's his name? Yeah, my thing with the Dolphins is is there's already a lot of money spent. Yeah, there's already a lot of money spent, and anytime you have an, a quarterback issue, same thing with the Buccaneers. When you have a quarterback issue, and they have a coordinator, they have a quarterback and coordinator issue. You you're waiting on a lot to happen in order for it to work with you. Mm, and said the I Dolphins don't I don't deserve. feel like Lam- you're right. I don't feel like Lamar could go to Miami. Well, I guess no. That was Tom Brady. Uh Miami just. It's a good it's it's a good setup though. It's a damn good setup. Man, you got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, uh uh Mike Gesecki. That I but everybody can't stay. Everybody can't everybody can't go on this trip. Oh, well then the answer is hey, you go sacrifice some defense for that. Cause you go, you have to pay Lamar his hundred and eighty million dollars guaranteed or whatever he said he wanted. Plus Tyreek, plus Jalen Waddle, plus you gotta pay some of that defense. You already paid Xavier Howard. I think you gotta pay Christian Wilkins if you haven't already. Uh, the weak link is their linebackers. So, I mean, somebody—that's where you lose. Somebody, you you lose out on the linebackers. The linebacker money, y'all. I gotta come up short. <laughs> is the linebackers, uh, and then the Jets. I mean, the Jets actually have the capital to pull off the trade. Um, because they have so many pieces. Uh, but nobody wants Zach Wilson. I think the Falcons, if they were to try to pull off a trade, have Desmond Ritter. I think if you had to choose between Desmond Ritter and Zachary Taylor Thomas, a.k.a. Zach Wilson, right now, based off performance, you're going to take Desmond Ritter, which is a more enticing trade piece. It's not performance. I don't care. It's, you, oh, it's based on the fact that New York hates Zachary Taylor Thomas. They hate that man. <laughs> Boo him every time he comes on the field. At least Desmond Ritter, you're like, hey, you got to figure out if you hate him. They know that they hate Zachary Taylor Thomas. And, and I don't care. They've never called him that name. And I don't name. care what you say, uh, Baltimore Ravens fans. You most definitely would take Desmond Ritter in a trade if you had to get rid of Lamar with the Falcons. You definitely will. I don't care what you say about Tyler Huntley. Huntley, and I don't even know. Talking about Huntley's a, a Pro Bowl quarterback. Everybody knows he's not a Pro Bowl quarterback. Everybody knows he's not a Pro Bowl quarterback. Not in the NFC. Not in the AFC. Not in, not in KFC, not in none of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> not AFC, not NFC, not KFC, not anywhere, my friend. No, he, Are you, you know he's an not. MVP. And if y'all want to say that he's a he's a he's a uh, Pro Bowl quarterback, then you have to pay him because he's on a one year deal. So now you got to pay two Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Uh, so sneaky ass. If you're a Falcons GM, and we're gonna, I want y'all to answer this in the comments. If you're a Falcons GM, what do you give up for Lamar Jackson? You go first. I'm willing to I'm willing to part ways with either or Desmond Ritter and two first or Grady Jarrett and one first and one second. You think three picks is gonna get get him? Or maybe no I mean yeah. you think three assets are gonna get him? So each draft pick is an asset. Yes. Not giving you more than that. Franchising and ruin yourself. I don't care. I, 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 I'm good with what I got. That's the part about negotiating with somebody who already got a little piece of something. I don't have to take this. I don't have to give you everything. I'll let this thing burn up first. I think you got to start at 
something in the ballpark of Deshaun Watson that that you offered Cleveland for I mean Houston for Deshaun Watson at the minimum, which was four picks in a player or something like that. He's Matt also Ryan. coming off a knee injury where he did not play in the playoff game that you guys lost. So I don't I I don't think that's gonna be a big deal when it comes to these trades. I think if you get in a bidding war with the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Panthers, you lose that bidding war every time with just three assets. I think you have to give up Desmond Ritter, another wait, player. Wait, wait, wait. And, 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 and name those the three people again one more time. In terms of a bidding war, I'm just saying the top the two other yep. two other teams, the Jets and the Dolphins. Well, let's see here. The Jets, all respect to Robert Sala, but y'all don't make enough good decisions for me to be trying to beat you guys. If y'all want to rush yourself to a bad decision, you're more than welcome. Dolphins, y'all got now y'all got some stuff going on, bro. So I'm y'all better sit still and act like you got some sense. Now the Panthers could overpay, but can the Panthers? really do that after the fiasco they just had with Matt Rule? So, I look at it differently. I don't think Lamar just... Uh, you gotta look at money versus also a lateral. If you go to the Panthers, that's a, that's a step down. You go to the Jets, to me, you on that team, you become a little bit better than the Ravens. No, he become better than the Ravens. You got running game. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Garrett Wilson. So he become better. Yes, better situation with the Ravens. You got Garrett Wilson. Yeah. The Falcons and Brees Hall. And Brees Hall. The Falcons have more weapons on offense. To me, a more offensively competent coach, and all of the assets and money. So you, to me, if you're gonna spend, if you're gonna trade for Baltimore with Baltimore, if I'm Baltimore, I'm demanding more than just Desmond Ritter and two first or Grady Jarrett. I think it's well, wait, it's two players. It's two players and three picks. Two of those picks got to be first round picks. So that's five assets to me. I think five assets get you Lamar Jackson, two players, three for three picks, two first rounds and a third, or you could do one player and four picks and it'd be like two first, a third and a fifth or something like that. But I don't think three assets the other, Lamar Jackson. Not an MVP. MVP. The other part about that is, is you want it, you would rather trade him to the NFC than the AFC. Very true. You do not want to play you him tra- every year. If you trade him to the Jets and he goes to the Jets and they flourish, oh boy. It's way worse than if he goes to the Falcons and flourish. That's, that's the other side of the world as far as you're considered. But the Jets, that's in your neighborhood. It can happen with the Falcons, man. We have, we have, we pursued Deshaun Watson. I think now some people say that we need to give up AJ Terrell, which would be, I, that's just not happening. We'll give you Grady Jarrett if Grady wants to leave, but I don't think Grady will want to leave either because at that point he's, it's a lateral. You're going to another team. You'll be in the exact same situation. No, that's a worse situation. Yeah. A team would, I mean, you'll be on a better defense. But you'll be on a team with a worse offense, assuming that they don't get with, somebody. Who would be your quarterback? Right. That's what I said. A team with the worst offense. It is snowing in Buffalo. So, 
I see Lamar. Now the Ravens have done everything that they said that have done everything right after the season when they finally figured out that Lamar was, I guess, was serious. During the season, it was like we, you know, it wasn't all like hugs and kisses and love during the season with Lamar. You know what I mean? They didn't no, talk about it. They didn't say nothing. They said pay Lamar. Yeah, they grabbed the sign. They did all of those things. Now and they and I'm just talking about the rhetoric that the front office and the coaching staff were saying. Like we want him to be here, but he's got to want to be here. Like still saying stuff like that, as opposed to now it's like, well, we have we built our entire organization around Lamar. Yes, you did, but you should have said that during the season. Y'all, yep. if, if you built your entire organization around Lamar and everything around is around Lamar, you have lost all leverage. You need to give that man what he wants. Otherwise, you have to build an entire organization all over again. To me, well, we've I've been said that. But it's fine. They gonna that's their problem. And if you franchise them, okay. Now that we're here, now that I can, uh, we've had this conversation. I can go back here. If you franchise Lamar, right? If you franchise Lamar, I don't know of any quarterback that got franchised that ended up resigning the next year. It's a death wish. I don't think that's ever happened. Might have been two. I think I did look up. I think it's two, two out of the. 15 quarterbacks or so that have been franchised actually re-signed. Most of the time, they say, we're about to franchise you, and then they sign on a, a, before they start playing, they actually sign a long-term deal. For somebody to pay yep. play under the franchise agreement or franchise uh, tag, it won't work. It won't work at all. No, because you, you said that. That's what happened with Kirk Cousins. You said that is their new salary, especially if they perform. Yeah. Now you got to pay them. They, they either perform and you pay them that so they're not going to take a, a break or you already knee deep into a quarterback situation. There is no good way to acquire a quarterback as anywhere near Lamar Jackson. That's the reason you just might as well go ahead and give him, you know, should have paid him when, as soon as he won the MVP, you should have said, what is it going to take? You should have, yeah. You should Well, that was the second year. That was 2019, so now you're 2022. And also, the fact that Lamar doesn't have an agent makes this way more complicated to me. Why? Because an agent, one that you trust, you you, you normally in the in this business you need somebody that can translate all of the. In my in my line of profession in engineering, we say translate the technical jargon, right? Somebody that can translate everything that you may not understand business wise. Same thing in terms and to me when it comes to negotiating contracts. I, I in this case I actually disagree strongly. There's Why? there's not a whole I, no. You're not putting a bunch of incentives in my contract, and it's simple math. Hey, what what did Patrick Mahomes get paid? Touchdown Bengals. What did Deshaun Watson get paid? I better fall in between them two. Well, from what I understand, well, what Deshaun Watson got what two thirty eight, two thirty eight, fully guaranteed. Russell Wilson, yep. or maybe it's two fifty. Russell Wilson got two thirty one eighty something fully guaranteed. Patrick Mahomes got like same. So Lamar probably, I mean, if the rumors are true. He wants two hundred million dollars guaranteed. Two hundred milli. Guaranteed. Wow. 
wow. Are that you willing to do that? I mean, that look easy. Are you, you willing to do it? If you don't, you're telling the team, we're not committed to winning. I don't think you have a choice. Well, I don't think you have any choice. If Lamar's not your quarterback, who is your what? What are your options? Baker, Caleb Huntley. <laughs> well, you finished. Uh, he just he just took he just went to a Pro Bowl. Run it back with him. Yeah, yeah. We'll see though, man. We'll see. The off season is here for for all of these uh for all of these for all of these teams that are involved in in this uh, Lamar Jackson saga. I don't anticipate that this will actually we need to probably look up the timeline in which they can apply the franchise tag and all that stuff. This will probably go into at least the draft because if it goes into the draft, then I, I expect this to be done either way by the draft mm. because it changes your draft strategy. If you sign Lamar, you now go and get yeah, a whole bunch of receivers <laughs> and stuff. If you don't sign Lamar, call God. <laughs> I don't know what you do. I don't know who you draft. I don't know what you draft. I mean, that is the reason you have to pay him. Because if you don't pay him and he is not a Raven, your team is in it's in immediate dysfunction. Now, what if they? And let me tell you, unless you play, make the play for Caleb Williams for next year. You're not that lucky. That's what any time that you're making a play that you get the guy next year, first of all, that that's going to require some high quality losing. And that's going to drive some people out of there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, if Lamar's not your quarterback, then you are committed to a rebuild at that point. I mean, there's a rebuild. They already ain't got no running back. J.K. Dobbins is out of there again. How many people? Are allowed to cut to publicly comment on their employer, stay employed. Valid. <laughs> well, out of there. Looks like we've we've got to the bottom of this fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> Next week with you meddling kids. Oh man! But ladies and gentlemen, that's really all we got for the Falcons, man. Uh, uh, shout out to Avery Williams. Uh, shout out Brian Flores. Look, man, come come change the culture. Well, the culture's already changed out here, man. Culture's changing. We have a lot of young pieces on offense and defense. Have a top tier corner. Have a rising linebacker. We have veteran defensive linemen. Uh, we just need to draft. We have all the money, and we have a, some draft picks. We need to draft some rush ins or sign some or something. Figure something out. We we, we get need. defensive ends like the Ravens get wide receivers. They just never pan out, ever. <laughs> it's the truth. Except for John Abraham. You're right. And, you know, uh, yeah, but Lamar, love to see you in Atlanta, Brian. I look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs> All right, man. Well, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with our final segment. Uh, the Hawks, uh, seg- the Hawks segment will we'll talk about our five game win streak that was snapped thanks to old habits by a certain someone. Um, your boy, yay tongue, yay tongue. And then uh, DeJounte Murray heard y'all talking about him and Jalen Brunson and had to show y'all. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. (music) 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment of episode 87 of the Splashcast Sunday afternoon live. Uh, <laughs> the ATL edition. <laughs> I am Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yeah, that's why I did that. Uh, <laughs> uh, our our Hawk segment. I wanted to say Falcon so bad. Our Hawk segment. Um, where do we begin? Where do we begin? That's where, where the hope begin? is. The Hawks or the Falcons? Yeah, no, the Falcons. The Hawks is. So, well, show them the standings. Show them why the hope is so low. Well, I, I mean, we've actually moved up in the standings, though. I thought. Anyway, I mean, well, we have, but we just continue to do. We're stupid second things. in the division. I mean, look at the division, Reggie. Hey, man. If we won the NFC South, we wouldn't have been saying, look at the division. <laughs> yes, we, ah. I mean, we And we expected the Bucks to be good. We didn't know Tom Brady would eventually get old. So, if you see this uh, over here on this last week, we've had a lot of W's. A lot of W's. One, two. Let's see, in the month of January, one, two, three, four losses. We are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and four since the new year started. Uh, we ended up winning five in a row at Indiana, at Toronto, versus Miami, at Dallas, which was a very impressive game, um, and versus New York. Some of the things I took from this five-game winning streak was we're finally playing team basketball again. If you look, Trey Young isn't the one that's leading all the time. We got uh, yeah, DeJounte Murray who's starting to assert himself offensively. Not just scoring, but being the primary ball handler. Uh, and then if you look at assists, I think that's assists. Yeah, assists. Trey Young led the team in assists four, five out of the six games. Uh, and got everybody else involved. Everybody involved. And then we watched the game last night against Charlotte. And Trey did the same thing that happened. Where he 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 got everybody else involved, and then the game he started taking bad shots to get his shot, and also stopped for some reason he froze Dejounte Murray out. Dejounte Murray had like twenty points at halftime. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hunter had like eighteen at halftime, and he just stopped passing him the ball. He started taking all the shots. Uh, and Charlotte with no Lamelo, all they had was Scary Terry and Mason Plumley. Miles Plumley, Mason Plumley, Miles Plumley, one of the Plumley brother, and nobody care. They had three players in double figures, and the Hawks had six, and we lost. Trey Young is committed to making me right. I thank him for the excellent content <laughs> because for some reason people believe that I'm a Trey Young hater until you actually watch him play, and then the more you watch him play, the more you're like, you know what? Chris ain't wrong. He just pointing out was blatantly obvious. Now I will say he, Nate deserves some of this credit too. Some of this blame too. Nate deserves some of this blame. You talking about for the end of the game? Yes. Yes, but I I think that the reason and I saw it over Twitter a few different. Well, times. well, tell them what they tell them why first before you go in for the okay. listeners. So last play of the game after Trey has basically shot us out of the game. Nate uses Trey as the inbound passer. 
which his defense is always going to be, I want to give our best passer an opportunity to make a play. The real answer is, I was try I was tired of Trey shooting stupid shots, so I said I was not going to let him shoot the shot at the end of the game. That's the answer. He definitely said, I want DeAndre Hunter or I want DeJounte Murray taking the final shot. That's what Nate said in the post game, which is why he had Trey, who he said was our best passer, uh, inbounding the ball. The issue is you have Trey at six feet, and then they put all you do, every team, whenever they see Trey inbounding the ball, they just put Mason Plumley. Or they put a seven footer in front of him and make him try to see around. And when he can't see around the only thing you can do is chuck it into the backcourt. Even that but Trey has this thing where he likes to throw it off the person, right? Because it's a five-second rule. Well, you can't do that when it's only two seconds left in the game because then the ball dribbles out, and now it's .8 seconds. So now instead of a catch, dribble, and shoot, it's basically catch and shoot, and they do the same thing. Yep. This is why it's Nate's problem, though. You had a chance to change. You had a chance to take Trey off of there. You saw what they were doing, and you had a chance to put somebody else, somebody taller to make the pass. John Collins, I would have liked to see Jalen Johnson at that point because Jalen Johnson is probably our best passing big man. Um, so I would have liked to see Jalen Johnson there. And then, of then course, they put, put Jalen back on the floor. Yeah. He's not, he's not, he, what he's saying was, you, there will be no way in hell you shoot this shot. I think, Nate, yeah, Nate and Trey. So after the game, so basically what happened was Nate uh, Trey couldn't get the ball in, got a five second violation. Uh, Charlotte got the ball, hit two free throws, and that's how you got to one twenty two eighteen versus one twenty to eight one eighteen. Nate also took out AJ Griffin in the game, who was our hottest shooter all night, and took him out in the fourth quarter. Don't get it. Then that, he put in Jalen Johnson, who hadn't played all game. Nuts. He hadn't really played all game. He put in Jalen Johnson for defensive purposes, and he gets that phantom foul called. Now, what bails Nate out is all of this was null and void because they were up 19 until Trey started to play iso ball. When Trey started to play iso ball, him and Scary Terry went back and forth at each other, and Scary Terry Rozier cooked Trey. The entire second half, he cooked Trey. And Trey was going back and forth, and he was getting his ass kicked. But plain and simple. Can't say it. I don't know any other way to say it. I don't know any other way to to sugarcoat it. I am hey, normally the one here make, on this podcast. Make sure you clip that. I am the they one on this podcast that always defends Trey because I see the potential of what and who he could be. Um, Let me turn my volume up. <laughs> of who he could and what he could be because he's such a dynamic passer. And when he actually is engaged and likes everybody, which is the immaturity factor and likes everybody and gets everybody involved, the Hawks were the number three team in the East and went to the Eastern conference finals. When he's selfish, Trey, when he's Trey that doesn't like the team, when he's Trey, that um, decides to become aloof and charters a private jet home during the 2022 playoffs and 2022 NBA playoffs. It's not and, aloof. And it's doesn't tell. 
it doesn't tell where his doesn't tell the team where he's going to be where he's going doesn't have any communication and isn't away from the team you now are a dick you now are an asshole you now are the person right we we criticize i criticize urban meyer to the umpteenth degree for when they lost and then he decided to stay in ohio to go to his bar well i mean the same thing you in the playoffs bro and you're playing horribly mind you against the against the heat he was awful he was awful thank you that was the part i was waiting for somebody to get to who 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 do you think you are that's the question i have like i I just read somewhere they're talking about rob ori kind of you know i guess kobe went and did a book tour while they were playing he's kobe bryant trey young ain't won nothing he ain't mvp nothing and you think that you're going to play terrible and then just decide to go on a private jet. It's I, it's he is spoiled to the, to the millionth degree. And we've given him all the power and he's best friends with the guy who's basically running the team. now. That's the crazy part. Touchdown 14, nothing Bengals. Well, th- this is, this is over and which is over. Wait, where you going? I'm talking about th- this situation. I think that the, the Hawks are a second half team. I think that we'll play better after All Star. We'll probably end up probably fixed fifth, sixth seed right around there. But this this hierarchy is not going to work. And it's definitely not going to work the, for players. The Hawks signing and making. Nick Ressler, the son of Tony Ressler, president of basketball operations and removing Travis Slink. You talking about that? Or you talking about well, they didn't really, they Landry? didn't really do that. Yes, they did. Well, they did what well no no, because wrestler no wrestler's position is not head of basketball operations. So what they did was basically just closeted him. He's still on the payroll, but he's away from the team from my understanding. Yes, Link. You yeah. move Landry Fields into the highest bat. There is no president of basketball operations right now. And you just made him the highest ranking basketball operations person. So basically the president of operations. And everything that he's listening to is coming from Nick Ressler and his two buddies. So they still insane. have whatever made up insane. positions or whatever position they were given. But yeah. It's, it's and bad. then you sign Aaron Holiday, who played basketball with Nick Ressler. Like all of the questionable moves and stuff that we didn't really see coming, are starting to be like, oh, okay, well this makes sense now. Why y'all did this in terms of not saying it's a smart move, but it makes sense of how this these moves came to fruition. Um, we understand the reasoning behind it. We just don't like the reasons. Nope. And then of course. The Cavs, I three team trade featuring Hawks John Collins and Jazz's Malik Beasley. Here's the thing about the whole John Collins trade scenario. Now they're trying to downplay John Collins and say, well, teams don't want to take him because of his contract at $25 million a year. Five years, 125. Mind you, he's played two of those years. So he gets, it's really three years, $75 million. I think that's a ploy just to try to get them to drive the price down for John because the Hawks wanted a whole lot at first, but there's no trade package that doesn't involve Lori marketing. 
where the Hawks come out a winner. Not one. In this in with and, these and teams. They, and they have already made it explicitly clear. Double down and let it out again. Walker Kessler, Lori Marketing, untouchable. Play ball with everybody else that you want. But in this trade, this trade is stupid. And I'm gonna tell you why it's stupid. Number one, we get Malik Beasley. And first of all, Malik Beasley does the same thing that Bogey does. They're volume. We would three get Malik Beasley shooter. and Karis LeVert. Yes. No, no way. There is first of all, there's no other place to get more shots. And do you expect us to have a power forward on the team? I don't know what every time that I see these trades, I get mad because I don't know that they think that the Hawks what what starting lineup are you gonna roll out if you get Malik Beasley and Karis LeVert? Hunter at the four. We'll never get another three. rebound a day in our life. <laughs> we can't get rebounds now. Or unless you start Okungwu or start Jalen Johnson. But Jalen Johnson has been in a lot of these trade proposals. Can't too. shoot. You, that means that you would start two guys that have to score from the same exact position. Yep. Makes makes no sense. And you can't start a Kung... Well, well we would just... There, there's no... Te- there's never a trade that makes sense to... Like, these people make up the trades, but if you look back, once you make the trade, you either have to make another trade or your starting lineup is broken. They yeah. never... We never in this in the trades get a power forward back. You want to know why? Because there are none that are better than him that are available. Nope. You there's no. I don't know a trade scenario where you get somebody better than John Collins in any of the trades. I don't. Anybody that's better than John Collins is not going to trade for John Collins. And I hate to say it, man. I don't hate to say it. I'm gonna say it. It seems to me that the person that was building that helped build the the Warriors roster and the person that helped build the roster that took us to the Eastern Conference playoffs say, I looked at the team. I know that I'm supposed to make the best decisions for the team, not for emotions and feelings. The best decisions are to trade Trey Young. Who said that? Who said that before he said that? Who said that before he said that? Who said that before he said that? You did. You did. But okay. my point was at the time, I was like, nah, you don't trade Trey at the time because at the time, Trey Young was playing out of his mind. Oh. At the end of the day, you already know. He, or I knew this is, I'm not going to say this will be his peak value was two years ago, but when you got a player, at that level, I had already come to grips with his flaws are too big for me. At that point, I was like, let's trade this guy because what he said was exactly right. If you trade Trey Young, you still got a really good team here. If you just don't play Trey Young, you still have what I would consider a pretty good team. Now, him at, at that value you would have to assume that you get a haul back for Trey Young. So you would already have a built, a well-built, ready-made team, and you could legitimately get a, an entire haul back for this player. 
instead, it leaks back to Trey that he's probably on the chopping block, and then he get throws a hissy fit and has his, and they end up, um, getting rid of Slink, which did not make sense to me. Now this may all work out well and good, and you know this may galvanize the the team. It's, it's happened before. We fired Lloyd, brought in Nate, and then we made the run to the Eastern Conference Finals. We got rid of Slink. It's a temporary fix. We got rid of Slink. We bring in Landry Fields and um, Kyle Korver. We win five in a row. But at the end of the day, the bad habits are still showing. The bad habits of being up all the way to the end of the game. And the thing about it is, I want to get here. I don't want to forget about DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray is legit exactly what the Hawks needed. I, and I I wish we could have kept Kevin Herter, but Kevin Herter is not the person. We could have kept would, Kevin Herter. Mm, who would you have gotten rid yes, of? Yes, we could have. Nobody. We didn't need to get rid of anybody. He was only traded for tax reasons. Well, that's what I'm saying. We, that's, well, I mean, that's a big reason. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it just puts, it puts management ownership in a funny position where you're telling everybody that you're trying to win you're holding people accountable for not winning games, and then you won't pay what it costs to have a competitive team. You're talking out both sides of your mouth. But I do agree. DeJounte was an excellent addition. I don't regret. First of all, please go back and look at those picks. One of those first-rounders was never going to be a first-rounder. It was never going to materialize as a first-rounder. It's going to end up as two seconds. Uh, and then two picks for, for him is worth it. As long as we sign him, he is the run stopper. He is the only person who he it's like his sad emotions don't ever take over. Uh-huh. If if the Hawks get down, we can just in in years past we'll just get beat. Everybody will pack it up and be like, all right, we'll just try it again tomorrow. You're not even allowed to do that with DeJounte on the floor. They might go on maybe an eight, an eight oh run, ten oh run. He is gonna go into the paint, he's gonna shoot that floater. That's going to stop the run. The very next thing he's going to do is play lockdown defense, turn the guard over, and get a bucket at the rim. And let me tell you, he did that against New York Knicks. The Hawks went 139-124. That game had zero defense in the first half. The Knicks, I want to say, scored uh, 139-124. Yeah, the Knicks scored 70 points, 75 points in the first half. Uh, or shooting like 70, they were shooting 80%. I know they were shooting 80% after the first quarter, 72% at halftime. The Knicks were shooting 72%. DeJounte Murray, yeah. and he was upset that folks said that Jalen Brunson was better than DeJounte Murray. And I was like, y'all are, y'all are, y'all, y'all are, I, I was like, y'all tripping. Y'all were like, DeJounte Murray's a one-year runner. And I was like, well, what is Jalen Brunson? I mean, <laughs> ain't no difference. DeJounte liked the tweet, followed it up. With 29.6 assists, or was it 13? Six assists, no. 13 rebounds, thir- six rebounds, 13 assists, and three steals against Jalen Brunson and locked him down in the second half. The Knicks scored 50 points in the second half. 50. Yep. They shot, I think it was like 75% in the first quarter, 65% in the second. Then after that, he fell off the face of the map. 
Now some of them you knew it was gonna happen. You knew it was gonna happen because they was they were gonna they were hitting every shot in the first quarter. What do I tell you all the time? You only gonna get so many makes before you run out. And if you use all your makes early, you better get up by a lead that's insurmountable. Other than that, eventually the numbers gonna come back. And when the numbers come back your way, if it's close already, you are doomed. Yeah, man. So DeJounte and DeJounte, what I like about DeJounte, he is strategically petty. He is petty about every he remembers everything. He says everything. If y'all haven't had a chance to go back and listen to him on all the smoke, discuss him and uh uh Tony Parker, he remembers everything. And he goes right back at you. But the thing is he follows up his pettiness with actions. Right? I'm gonna back up everything Every I say on the court. And what I'm scared of or what I'm fearful of when it comes to this whole experiment with DeJounte and Trey is Trey has now positioned himself with the ownership to where he's almost untradeable. Clearly he, he is untradeable. The guy who brought it up got fired. If he's untradeable and DeJounte Murray gets frustrated with how everything is running the organization, he's already said, I'm not used to this. I'm used to the Spurs organization. I'm not used to all of this. This is new to me. I don't come from this. What makes you think he's going to stay? So if he leaves, I now you've lost everything. You've lost all them picks. You've lost Herder. You've lost DeJounte. And now you're stuck with Trey because you're probably going to end up losing John Collins. So now you're stuck with Trey. And you're going to lose Nate. So now you're stuck with Trey. Trey and DeAndre Hunter. And that makes us battling for the lottery with uh, – with Orlando, who probably will after, be a top after, five team after Victor Wimbignano will be will been have drafted. Yeah, man. So I, the Hawks. I, go ahead, I've go ahead. always said this though. That's the reason I think that the I've I've always been a proponent of. I think the Hawks have been very strategic about not putting another good guard around him, another guy who is a top tier guard around him, because you're going to show off all of his flaws. And I think that he did not pay attention to that. And, I mean, a lot of people say he basically brokered this trade. I I think that he he eventually, you know, him doing that will end up being the, the downfall. I don't see a situation where you move forward with Trey and DeJounte. And I don't. Not with, not with Trey Young's the- man's mindset the way it is now, no. He could have worked. And I, I it can work. I don't I don't think that Trey is the better asset. I think that if you look at every game, if you look at this entire season so far, DeJounte Murray's been the best Atlanta Hall. Yeah. I, I, and I think that 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 messes with Trey. If Trey, Trey's got to let go of his ego. Got to let go of his ego. He's got to understand that you are better at Steve Nash than you are at at Dame Lillard or Steph Curry. You're not Steph Curry. You're not Steph Curry. They're not going to build a team around you the way they built around Steph Curry because Steph Curry plays off the ball. Steph Curry passes. Steph Curry does all of the little things and is willing to sacrifice other parts of his game in order to just be the scorer and allow everybody else to do something. You don't. And and you – yeah, and we don't even know if I'm not. And you take terrible shots. You won't. 
you won't even get into the Steph Curry role. You have the ball in hand all the time. Well, and, except and for I, on this five-game win streak now, they actually gave the ball to DeJounte a lot, and they ran Trey off the ball, and then let Trey be the secondary playmaker, which if you actually look at the, the way that the offense runs, you just get him away from being trapped by taking him off the ball, and then he can make the other pass, which allows you to get 11 yeah, exactly. assists, 9 assists, 8 assists, 12 assists, 12 assists. Right? That allows you to do that. But you can't do that. And you have to move without the ball, which is something that our offense already does not have the most movement. But I don't understand why Trey, you have to make it difficult. You standing in the corner is. What I don't understand is why our offense doesn't have any movement with the starters. John Collins goes sits in the corner. DeAndre Hunter stands at the wing. Bogey stands at the wing or trades at the top with. But when we put in the bench, the ball be popping. Because all of those guys are trying to stay on the floor. That's and we reason. score. Except when you put in like a holiday brother. But like when it's like. Who has no business playing as long as A.J. Griffin is alive. A.J. Griffin, uh, Jalen Johnson, and Ayeka Okungwu are a pretty good cohesive unit off the bench they play well they pass the ball well they get everybody else involved DeJounte Murray is normally running the point guard um and they'll sometimes they'll stick John Collins there to to let John Collins at least get some shots if you notice that there's a lot of been a lot of John Collins and not Trey on the floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> together so it's a ton of that and now that you bring it up you blow up well take one of these guys out it's always <laughs> take Trey out first very long it's always take Trey out first. And folks were, I've noticed that people were um, criticizing Nate's rotations for taking Trey out first. I actually don't have a problem with Nate's rotations in the first half because you have to take Trey out. Because if Trey goes on a heater, he's going he's gonna to shoot 70 times. And then John Collins is going to go three for four for seven points, seven rebounds, and two assists, a block, and five fouls. And then DeAndre Hunter is going to end up getting his points at the end of the game. And DeJounte Murray is going to end up pushing because everybody ends up pressing because they don't get the ball because they know Trey's going to shoot the ball. So you have to take Trey out in order to get everybody else involved. My it's problem is Nate's end of the game decisions. His end of the game decisions be are just bad. And they've been bad. I think he's fed up. 100%. Oh, I was trying to find it. Did you see when Nate and Trey got into it after that five-second violation against at the end of the game? No. I'm, I'm going to have to go back. and I'm, Trey yeah, walked off the court, and Nate, he said something to Nate. And Nate turned around and said, what? And Trey went and sat down, and Nate walked up to him, standing over him, was like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And Trey was like, ah. you know, they were going back at it. You know, I don't know what they were saying. And then Nate walked away, and that – was preceded by three minutes earlier when the Hawks were up by seven or by four. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. The Hawks were up by four. Trey comes down and just DeJounte Murray had just hit a shot. DeAndre Hunter had just hit a shot. Trey comes down and shoots a 30-foot three-pointer with 22 seconds left on the shot clock. Mind you, Charlotte and Terry Rozier are cooking at this. It's really just Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier and Miles and Mason Plumley. It's those two people. He, well, Trey... Trey knows he's unbenchable. And as long as he knows that, he's going to do whatever he wants to. Yeah. Landry Fields, man, you got you got to figure this out, bro. 
You signed up for this job. Let me tell you. They finna work you, boy. Boy, it's bad. But with that be oh, I, I want to talk about this. Going forward, we got three games this week. At Chicago, at Oklahoma City versus L.A. Clippers. We just beat the Clippers in L.A. Chicago, we owe them. We I think we split the series so far. Chicago is another team that right now is imploding. Um, and then Oklahoma City, who is actually on the rise. These next games, and then we'll throw in Portland next Monday, a week from Monday, I'm sorry, uh, to round out the month. If we can win, I would love to win four of these games because that means we will go 12-4. and four. So what? We we get, like last night, that's a game we can't lose to Charlotte, down three starters. You can look at the you can look at the games and say we should win this game, and then your the team gonna beat themselves. That's the frustrating part. Well, I don't I don't we put don't this on anybody lose. but Trey. I don't put I don't put I watched that Charlotte game. I don't put that on anybody but Trey. He shot us to a loss. He shot us to a loss. I saw it. I watched it the whole fourth quarter. And he just he didn't care. He wouldn't look at the coaches. He wouldn't do nothing. And I'm like, dog, like, what clicks? I tell you, and y'all laughed at me when I said this, and I say this every damn time we talk about when Trey messes up like this. I blame Lou Williams. I blame Lou Williams. Lou told him, this is your team, and you need to always take the last shot. And every time he turns up in the fourth quarter and we fuck up, every time. Let's look at the losses. We can. Charlotte led in the fourth. Milwaukee led in the fourth. Lakers led in the fourth. Golden State led in the fourth overtime and double overtime. Lakers led in the fourth. Brooklyn led in the fourth. Indiana led in the fourth. Chicago led in the fourth. Orlando, we got blown out. Memphis, we got blown out. Brooklyn led in the fourth. New York, we got blown out. I don't I don't think we played we we didn't play well at all. I don't think anybody played for real. Oklahoma City led in the fourth. Philadelphia led in the fourth. Miami led in the fourth. We actually almost blew that Miami game. Houston led in the fourth. We've led in the fourth the majority of our, and I'm not talking about like one or two point leads. I'm talking about five to double digit point leads late in the game and we end up losing. It's frustrating. I put that on coaching and I put that on the star player, Trey Young. You have to be that person. You have to be that dude. You have to be unselfish. We need Steve Nash we don't need Steph Curry, not on this team. Or be Steph Curry. I don't think you, you can. gotta. That means you gotta be him. You can't. We don't. Steph Curry we is don't unselfish. need great value. Steph Curry. Steph Curry is unselfish though. So how do you see us finishing off the month of December? I told you at Chicago, at Oklahoma City, versus L.A. Clippers at at Portland. Those are all winnable games. We. I think we still keep around the same pace. You see, we won the last eight out of four. I think we keep around that pace. We probably gonna. We're just gonna because that's the frustrating part is, everybody's like hogs, 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 hogs. This place is in disarray. We're a decent team with the mediocre record. It's 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 just you can see that the team is not enjoying playing basketball and they are not playing as a team very well. They don't but like Trey. Still pretty good. It's pretty obvious that they don't like Trey. What's crazy is we are a game behind. We would have been in seventh place. We would have been in seventh place with those fourteen games coming up, with those four games coming up, and if we had won those, we would have been out of the play in. 
<laughs> we would have been in fifth place. Because if you look That's at it, it's really Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Cleveland, and then the best of the rest for now. If you really uh, look if you look at it, this is what I believe. Celtics, 76ers, Bucks, elite. Nets with Kevin Durant, elite. Oh, okay. Without <laughs> Kevin Durant, they are the worst. They might be the worst team in the East. What? No. Um, then you Without Kevin Durant, you said the worst team in the East, worse than Detroit. Charlotte, without Orlando? Kevin Durant, worst team in I'm, I I you said it three times. I've heard you say yeah. without Kevin Durant. Yeah, you think that without yes. Kevin they Durant were, and Kyrie, they're worse than Detroit. Before Kevin Charlotte, Durant came and they Orlando. won their twelve games in a row, they were one of the worst teams in the East. You're right. They you didn't start winning was, them games till Kevin showed up. Now, what are you talking about? You talking about when Kyrie showed up? The Nets. Kevin Kevin Durant wasn't hurt. This year until he hurt his knee. He played Kyrie was the one yeah. that was out. But what I'm saying is they, they went into the tank as soon as Kevin Durant got hurt. Uh, okay. I uh, I think they lost. I mean, they just won yesterday, but I don't think they're the worst one of the worst teams. I don't think they're the worst team in the East without Kevin Durant. I think they're a play in team. Personally. No, I think I'm, they can be Chicago. If they were to get to the play in, I wouldn't even be concerned. That's how I will feel. And, and yeah, if the Hawks met the Nets with no Kevin Durant. Oh, I'm con- uh, that's where we differ. I am concerned about whoever the Hawks play because we don't ever play to our opponent. We don't ever play above our opponent ever. We always play down our opponent. You're but I, if but. we win four, if we win the next four games, which is high and mighty, I know that's a lot. If you just win three, if you go three, three and one. one you go three and one, that probably puts you in sixth place. Three and one puts you in sixth place. That's not bad. Nope. That that's that's right where we're at right now. And let me tell you, I think we're a better we team oh, ahead, than the Heat. Uh-huh. uh-huh. We 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 have to be a better team than the Heat. We have to be a better team than the Knicks. You, you just We're yeah, better you than have the Knicks. To figure out a way. We're better than the Knicks. Yeah. I think we're better than the Heat. I don't. Uh, Jimmy, see, Jimmy Butler is such a dog on that team that, I mean, he could pretty much shut down whoever is scoring for us and will them to, like he 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 he's like the catalyst for that team. Without Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat are the worst team in the NBA. You put Jimmy Butler on that team with his will to win, and all of a sudden, they're the fifth, the sixth, fifth, or fourth team in the East. But I think we're better than them. I think the biggest trick bag you said is Brooklyn without Kevin Durant, which is true. But even with Kevin Durant, I think the biggest trick bag is Milwaukee. Milwaukee, we have Milwaukee's number. We have their number. I don't like to say that out loud because people don't believe me. They think I'm crazy. I'm like, nah, y'all just don't watch the game. But and you Giannis. Know, I mean, but we we have the right. We have the team built to to do the best with Giannis. You're Giannis played horrible him. against us when they beat us, and it was the only reason they beat us is because somebody shot us out the game again. Giannis, <laughs> Giannis, and Oyeko, uh-huh. uh, Giannis, 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 and Oyeka Okungwu battle. Now Giannis, of course, is taller, but you can throw yeah. so many different people at him from the Hawks, and outside of Giannis. They front, I mean, and Brooke Lopez, who really doesn't do much inside the paint, they front court ain't 
the greatest, right? You got Giannis. You, you got, got Bobby, Por- Bobby Portis plays different. Now Bobby games. Portis plays like a man against us every time. But you know, last game, who was giving Bobby Portis problems? Jalen Johnson couldn't stick with him. Jalen Johnson was too fast. Jalen, yeah, Jalen Johnson. I can see how that could be. I, I understand why Bobby Portis plays well against John Collins. I also understand that's probably the same reason that he struggles with Jalen. Jalen does run now. He will move he will move around a little bit more. And he has a better handle of the ball. Jalen is actually a really Jaylen's good really basketball. I'm gonna say really Sorry. he's a talented basketball player who does not get enough reps to improve his confidence. And the thing is, he's getting more reps now, slightly, and his three point shot has gone from like ten percent to like thirty five. <laughs> in like three games. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. That boy has come in and built a shot. Even though Okongwu a, a is building a mid-range. That, that's why when you see these guys who just don't have a portion of their game, you can't be trying that hard. Jalen Johnson, he while he is fast and can dribble, he does have a weird kind of coordination. He runs kind of weird to me, prances. but he's fast. He prances. But he's fast, and he's he and he's down fast. That court and he's he can fast jump. running, and he's fast with the ball or without the ball. And he can jump. He has a quick second jump, yeah. and he can jump, and he can leap. I, I, I Nate, man, and it's something, and it's something that everybody's been saying for a while, and it's something that now the national media is saying is like, hey, why aren't you playing these younger players? Where is the player development? There is no player development. Well, the, the issue is, is A.J. Griffin plays like a 35-year-old man every time he gets in there. And then you he never – he it, – it's like he already knows, I have to be perfect when I get in here. And you can tell he's a <laughs> coach's kid because he does exactly whatever you would want a player to do in the situation, that's what he does every time. Every single time. He makes all he's the right He's a problem moves. for Nate. And, he may, and I think he's a problem for Bogey too. And he, he makes said me it. very he makes me very comfortable moving bogey. Oh yeah. I if you're not gonna trade Trey, you gotta trade bogey. You can't have this many people that dominate the basketball. It can only be two. And you it can only be Trey and DeJounte. You can't have a third person that's gonna dribble the air out of the ball like Bogey. Although Bogey is so streaky, but when he's when he's on, Bogey don't be missing. Bogey is a guy who will make you regret trading him as soon as you trade him because like he Kevin might torture for 40. Like Kevin Herter? No, uh-uh, uh-uh. Kevin Herter will never do that. Now, as much as I'm happy for Kayvon, I'm, I see that his success is mounted in them handing him the ball and he makes every shot now. He'll never – he won't have – and I don't, I don't want this to sound bad or anything. I, I think that the Hawks will get him every time. Every time the Kings and Hawks play, the Hawks are going to win. I think that if Bogey goes to a team, he don't have the Serbian sniper don't care. Yeah, and I don't think him and Trey get along he, that well either. You don't see him get red. You see him get mad. Yep, yep, yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of Sunday afternoon live episode 87 of the Splash Cast, the ATL edition. Norwood, if we didn't miss anything, man, take us out. You never miss anything because this is the realest podcast in the world. Want to thank you guys again 
always remember like follow subscribe you see the instagram names below i'm ludicrous that is my friend atlanta raised um this has been what episode 87 mm-hmm. we had a good one got it done sunday afternoon there i don't know if you call this a football game it looks like a whooping to me Nah, bills just scored See, that's what happens. As soon as I say something like that, they prove me wrong. <laughs> but number one, number one, number one, more black baseball. Number two, more black cowboys and cowgirls. And of course, number three, the one that means the absolute most to us. The historically black college and university in your neighborhood, the ones your cousin went to, your auntie went to, your favorite nephew is attending right now. Send some money over there the HBCU in your neighborhood, the one that you go to for tailgates, step shows, homecoming, any type of events, send some money over there. And please, to the greatest learning institution in all the world, they handed me a degree, they handed Reggie a degree. The Hampton University. All we're asking for is $18.68 on behalf of the Splashcast. Support HBCUs, handle your business internally, and don't let people punch you in the face and knock your skull loose. We out of (laughs) here. out there peace love y'all y'all stay safe see y'all tomorrow on monday night raw peace out welcome to the splash cast you can find us at the link below you can find the podcast versus audio and visual on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify and google Podcasts. our social media instagram uh, Twitter is at underscore the Splashcast. We can also be found on Twitch. We can be found on Facebook, TikTok. Also below that, those are our episode playlists. The newest one is always up. We can be found on Apple Music. We can be found on Spotify. There is a playlist home, which is for all of the different playlists. And then we have the playlist master list, which is every song that's ever been on any of the playlists. And of course, for all of you podcasters, We can be found on Anchor at the Splashcast. This is the Splashcast weekly schedule. You can find us on Monday, Monday Night Raw. That is the Around the League edition where we cover all of the major leagues around the league. Tuesday is the ATL edition. Braves, Falcons, Hawks. Wednesday is when the playlist comes out. It's the Splashcast 24, 12, or 36 pack, just depending on the music. Thursday for everybody who was not able to catch us live on Monday. They can catch up there on the Around the League edition. And then Saturday, of course, we bet beers for Saturday morning live. If you ever need to find us, we can be found at thesplashcast.com and, of course, via Instagram at thesplashcast. What's really happening? the Craig B. still Potatoes come from my lyrical label. I don't my rhyme with no limits. I jump down so far.